1: This episode is sponsored by The Art of Pinning, a self-paced Pinterest class for wedding and lifestyle photographers. If you are having a hard time driving traffic into your website or SEO is overwhelming you or the people that are visiting your website are not the kind of visitors, AKA they're not converting into clients, then this class is for you. You can find more information at www.thetalkrepublic.com forward slash Pinterest or just follow the link in the notes. Now enjoy this episode. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of The Talk Republic. I am Carolina Gucic, your host and today all
0: the way from Nashville we have Kristen Sweeting. How are you today? Hey, I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm so excited. I love your podcast. Oh,
1: thank you. Well, I really love the content that you create on Instagram. I find out your name thanks to a dear friend Susie. She's been on the podcast too. Check out her episode about family photography. It's one of my favorites and I'm super excited to be talking to you about money and possibilities so that should be fun. So before (laughs) we do that, what about you? Let us know who you are and what do you do?
0: Yeah. Hi, I'm Kristen Sweeting. I am a destination wedding photographer and also a coach for creatives. And I have a podcast called The Dangerous Creatives Podcast where we talk about business and marketing and life and kind of like how all those things intersect. So I'm so excited to be here.
1: Love it. So if you're listening to this, make sure that after this episode, you check out her podcast. So today we're going to be talking about hitting that one hundred thousand mark revenue i don't know who came up with that name and i mean with that number and why is that number so important <laughs> why a hundred thousand why it isn't 200 or half a million but you know it is what it is so let's talk about it a little bit first of all why do we want to reach that number it seems like they that you made it once you
0: reach that is that even true i don't believe so I don't think so, but (laughs) it is funny that it is this kind of... Marker in our heads of, oh, maybe things will be easier after this point, or maybe I'll feel like a legit photographer after this point. I don't know about you. I feel like my bar always just keeps raising. I don't even take the moment to be like, ooh, you know, I'm just like, what's I, next? <laughs> I do
1: take the moment. I think that's a, a, like a very conscious thing that I have learned to appreciate gratitude and to also yes. go back and see where I was. 10 years ago? Because I think that once you reach, let's, you know, we're talking about a hundred thousand, let's say, once you reach that, it feels like, yeah, what's next? But also take a moment, where were you 10 years ago? Was this even like, yeah. like this was a dream at some point. So I do like to savior, uh, my my successes. <laughs> and then I obviously move up.
0: It's definitely something I've had to learn as well though, <laughs> right? Because I think we're like, Oh, okay. Um, all right. I guess we just keep going. But yeah, kind of like training yourself to slow down and enjoy that moment, I think is really important. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of a, it's like, it's just a number, mm-hmm. but I do feel, I don't know how you feel with uh, with talking on a podcast. I. It's easy to um, like hear a lot of information and try to apply it to everyone's situation. Like we take in all this information on Instagram and on podcasts and in books and we're like, oh, all of this applies to me at this stage of my business, right? And so I started when I talk about things, I'm like, hey, these are kind of things to focus on if you haven't quite hit the 100K mark Mm -hmm. yet. And here's some things that might be more helpful to focus on after that point. Because I do think like the strategies change a little bit and what works and what doesn't changes a little bit. And so I think it's more kind of I think it's a more kind of that that thought process of I want to make sure what you're trying to apply fits your stage of business and not someone else's, you know?
1: Absolutely. And it will be obvious impossible to like feed everybody's needs on a podcast, right? That's where you have one on one coaching with people because this is just, you know, general information that people, <laughs> yeah. you know, could feel to, <laughs> you know, hold on to or let go. So let's talk a little bit about that. So let's say that let's talk about the before getting to a hundred thousand, right? Like what are some Mm -hmm. of the things that we can
0: do to like move the needle
1: forward to get to that financial goal?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there's a lot of momentum building Mm -hmm. in that phase before a hundred thousand, you're networking a lot, you're shooting your, you know, your first portfolio weddings, you're um, niching in on your brand a little bit. And, and probably just like, As much as I hate the word hustle, probably like hustling a little bit more Mm -hmm. up to that point. I kind of think of it as like rolling a boulder up a hill. And at some point, there's like an inflection point and stuff starts rolling a little bit easier. And a lot of people give up halfway through going up that mountain because it feels like, are we just going to be pushing up this mountain forever? Um, And I do think around the 100K mark, you start seeing some of that work work paying off in some momentum in the referrals that come back and the repeat clients and things like that. So I think leading up to 100K, you're trying to get your client systems really honed in so that your client mm-hmm. experience is just first class. Um, You're working out like what works for your marketing. What are people relating to on social media? What referral sources do you really like having? What venues? What um planners do you love working with you're kind of like building your team in a lot of ways um and then after 100k when things are starting to roll a little bit better then there's just some different options and some different things we can focus on and we can like have a little bit of extra fun I don't know take the take the pressure off a little bit I think that's why I love talking about it (laughs) it feels like when you are Kind of like
1: as you mentioned, you know, the analogy of like going up the hill and you're pushing this and sometimes gets really, really hard. And as you mentioned, sometimes people just quit. And I was actually just listening before I start recording this to another podcast uh that has nothing to do with photography, but like, you know, mindset and all that. And how many people give up before they even give it like a fair chance? And I think um yeah, maybe social media has had a lot of impact on this because we see a lot of, you know, curated success that seems that happen mm-hmm. overnight. And then, you know, I read on, you know, Facebook groups and things like that. People saying like, I've been doing this for six months and I don't know, you know, like I haven't reached my goals. I'm like, wow, I have at least five years to go, friend, Yeah, <laughs> And I'm not saying that you have to work hard. You know, there's people that within a year, they, you know, get it going. But the reality is that you do need to give it a little bit of, of time for things to like, start to you know come together before you
0: know yeah. before you reach
1: that peak
0: right for sure i i had that moment with um learning la- a language mm-hmm. and i'm still i'm still like in the middle of learning language but for what years, are you learning like, spanish no me digas. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we just spent a month in colombia and and so i had this moment are you i am yeah. colombian
1: Really? Yeah, we need to talk about You're... this off the podcast, but yes, I'm okay.
0: excited. <laughs> yeah, so we did a month in Cartagena in January. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had always told myself, I'm bad at learning languages. I just can't get it. I'm like, I don't know. Some people must just be better at it than me. And on this trip in Colombia, which like, okay, I did four years of Spanish in high school. And then I've done shorter stints of traveling places. I hit the inflection point in Colombia and I was like, It's getting easier. This is the inflection point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, I mean, that just applies to, you know, a lot of different things like training for race or running your business or learning something new. I think we don't we don't continue or keep trying and eventually it does it does like not, not there's still challenges, but the challenges are different and the momentum is there and you can like Correct. see a little bit more of your progress.
1: Absolutely. So let's say that we reach that goal that seems so monumental at some point. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it's like, oh, I didn't even notice. I just checked my bank account and it's over a hundred thousand dollars. Great. Next, like we don't take a moment to savior we or something that I am working on right now, which is like the fear of this disappearing you're like wow Mm -hmm. this year was great but like next year what's gonna happen next year what are some of the things that we can do to like maybe and I don't know is that something that happened to you when you reached that point did you did you feel that fear that crept on you oh yeah
0: (laughs) oh my gosh yes well I want to I want to know what you do to celebrate when you hit a goal Mm -hmm. too because I think that that was going to be my first thing is like Take a second to slow down and celebrate what you've accomplished. Like, do you have a thing that you do when you celebrate, when you like are celebrating hitting a goal? I have, it's super silly,
1: but I am, I am not religious at all, but I am into, you know, manifestation and things like that. Yeah. So like one thing that I do immediately is like, I stop everything that I do it. And like, I give thanks out loud. Like, yeah, immediately I'm like, thank, insert whoever you want to thank for, for this. And then I take one minute to go back to 10 years ago and see like, because, you know, sometimes it feels like, oh yeah, whatever, it's nice. No, go back 10 years ago when this was like an absolute dream that seemed so impossible and see yourself in that minute. Not like be yourself, but it's kind of like hovering over the past where you see yourself at a, you know, whatever job you had before or, you know, a situation that you're like, I'm never going to leave this place. And then you're like, I did it. And then, you know, that's what yeah. I do. And then depending on the goal, you know, I might treat myself to a present or I go out for dinner that night, you know, something like that.
0: Totally, totally. I love that. Yeah, I I do a similar like try to hold the good feeling in my body as long as I can because I think you like can expand your your capacity to feel yes. good things if you like lean into it. That's a um a big leap thing if you've read that book. He's like expand your capacity to feel good things um but yeah so i think doing that and then yes definitely i have felt the fear of oh my gosh what if this goes away and i think our natural inclination is to like clamp down or to, to hold super tight yeah hold super tight and so all the things that all the open things that helped us get to that point all of a sudden we're like shutting off that like mm-hmm. <laughs> flow of whatever because we're like no oh, i can't lose it now um and then i also think i mean A friend of mine related it to like a rubber band of you're stretching your capacity. And sometimes if it stretches too quickly, it just like wants to shrink back. You're like, I don't know what to do with this new phase of business I'm at. So I try to – every time I'm coaching someone, I try to like prep people for this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there will be an amount of money you hit that feels so uncomfortable that you like want to get rid of it. You want to like give it away or you kind of like freak out about it. And that definitely happened to me. Mine happened at 150000 in revenue because I had never conceptualized like going ever making anything above that. That's, mm-hmm. that's the most anyone makes in the world. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I'm like, no anything makes- after that is doctor's money. Like, yeah. You gonna- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, people don't make more than 150000 That's like, yeah, that's what everyone makes. And so I just, like, I started feeling guilty. I started feeling shame. I started, like, being really kind of, like, wild with it mm-hmm. instead of intentional. So I do think, like, slowing down, taking a moment to enjoy it and just, like, not make any sudden moves at first is a good mm-hmm. move, is a good plan so that you don't accidentally do something like I did, which was, like, who can I just give this to or hire or whatever? So I'm, I'm interesting really interesting because I –
1: contrary to you like I hold on to the money really tight I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm not even spending a hundred dollars out of this money because who knows (laughs) what's gonna happen so like we're like the two complete extremes which also neither one of them is good
0: no no I think it's the um I think it's the same emotion it's the same fear it's the same like discomfort with growth that like we just went to the opposite side Mm. of the, um, the action with that, but yeah. And so I think it's like getting comfortable with it. And, you know, one of the biggest things I think that has helped me as I've grown my business, I don't know how you feel is like being around other people that are also growing or that charge more than me or that make more than me and kind of like normalizing some of the conversations around money and around growth and, um, and taking back like this is fun. Like what would be fun to try next? Instead of going into the, how do I hold on to this and never lose it again? Um, one of the first questions I ask is like, what would be fun to try next? Like if you, if you just let go of the pressure that maybe you were putting on yourself, getting up to a hundred thousand, what would be fun to do now? Um, so go ahead. Is that why you started this podcast? Was it kind of like, um, what would be fun? That sounds fun. Kind of. This podcast started just
1: because I love to talk. And I'm like, I mean, what else could I do but a podcast? And I have mentioned many times that at the beginning, it was, it was, I mean, it still feels like a little bit of a hobby, right? Like, it's not like I can quit my photography job and just live out of the podcast. Not yet. Uh, But... I didn't have any expectations out of it. So it was just like fun, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't have any analytics tracking my podcast. I didn't even know how many people were listening to it. So that gave me a lot of flexibility because it was, as you mentioned, what could go wrong? It's just for fun. If something goes wrong, whatever. I didn't have zero pressure on this, you know, and as you mentioned, energy attracts and like things start to grow. And then you're like, oh, I didn't even know how I got here. This is so much fun. And I love how this podcast went into like, first of all, when, you know, when, when we were talking about doing the podcast, I thought that it was going to be very marketing strategy, right? Like, oh, this marketing strategies allow me to get here. But I feel like when we're talking about money in business, I would say that 90 Five and I could be completely wrong, but for me, ninety five percent of the actual success comes not with the strategies, not with marketing things that I will do, but really mindset. Like yeah, I could I have agree. the best strategy in the world, but if my mind is in a place that is not healthy for growing, I'm gonna be stuck in that situation forever.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I love that. <laughs> I I agree. I mean, I was just having this conversation with my husband last night cuz I've been coaching for like 8 years and so I'm pretty familiar with this mindset stuff. And still, I'll hit like my I'll hit places in my business and my growth where I'm like trying to overlogic things and I'm like surely manifestation is not real or surely mindset stuff's not real and I'm always like kind of, you know, always kind of then brought back around and like, come on, Kristen, you know what works. It's like, you need to get your mind right first. And so totally, totally agree.
1: But I do love what you mentioned earlier that is like, as you want to expand, as you want to reach those financial goals, you have to get into a room that perhaps you feel a little bit uncomfortable and you start to have these conversations about money more open. And you want to, as you mentioned, you want to start to hang out with people that are maybe one or two or maybe three steps ahead of you, because you want to see what's possible for you. As we were talking earlier, you know, I also thought that a hundred thousand dollars was like, I mean. That's it. A doctor makes, yeah. you know, that much money like nothing else. And then you start talking with photographers that are charging money that you can't even fathom. You're like, this is insane. And then at the beginning it's really uncomfortable. And you mm-hmm. get to again, mindset, your mind is telling you absolutely not. This is insane. They're in the wrong. They're lying to you. This is all so fake. <laughs> But then you start seeing results and you're like, if it's possible for them, it could also be possible for me.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, some of the first questions I think it's good to ask when you're at that point is like, what would be fun to try? Is there something I've seen someone else do that I would be excited to try? Or maybe I'm like jealous of, you know, Mm -hmm. like at first you see other people and you're like, should they be charging that? Can they be doing that? And then you're like, oh, maybe I want that. Maybe I want to try that. Um, And then do you see any needs around you that need to be solved that might be fun to solve? Um, I love solving problems, which is why Mm -hmm. I love being a business owner. I'm like, oh, that's something that would be fun to figure out or that's something that would be fun to try. So yeah, I think like number one, keeping that openness, energy about um, like I could do this other thing, but I don't have to, you know, I could try this other thing, but I don't need it um, and keeping it like, less pressure is great, especially at the beginning. Um, and then, I mean, the one of the really main things I think that's cool about that stage of business is um, you can start outsourcing the things you don't like. Okay. right. Yes. I, so I'm always like, okay, we could maybe build a team. We can start outsourcing. So I always have people make, like, lists of what are the things that I absolutely hate doing in my business. I procrastinate them every single time. I, like, really struggle to get this done. And then what's the stuff that, like, I'm okay at? And then what's the stuff that I love doing? I absolutely have to do those. Um, And so playing around with, like, what would be fun to let go of so that it lets me do these things that I love doing, that, like, I'm especially gifted at, that my clients love having me around for. Um, And, yeah, so that's really fun, too, right? Because we start to, like, slowly build a team. By having people do the things that they love doing that we don't like doing. And then we get to do the things that we love doing more.
1: Absolutely.
0: So what would be, for example, one of the things that you will
1: say to somebody, right, that, you know wants to reach this goal or feels like it's almost there, but it's just like, ah, I don't know what to do next. What are some of the practical things that we can do in our business, right? We talk a little bit about the headspace and the woo-woo manifestation thing, but what are some of the actual things that people can do to take this leap?
0: Totally, to getting up towards 100,000. Correct. Yeah, I mean, marketing and seeing yourself as kind of, the CEO, the business owner, I think making that shift can be really helpful. Um, When I was getting up to 100,000 myself, I spent way more time on sales calls, way more time networking, way more time connecting with my audience on social media. So I think like even just taking a proactive approach to things and um, making those connections, reaching out to people um, and seeing yourself as like the person that's bringing in new business to your photography business, not just not just the photographer and the artist, but like the person that's going out and bringing it into. Um, and I know you love talking about marketing, and so one thing that I'm really big on right now. Um, well, actually, I'll share too. I love connecting with people in DMs on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like a huge tool to bring in new clients to your business. Um, and and get really strategic about pricing too. I think pricing and volume obviously are two of the biggest things that you can do to get your business to a hundred thousand. I remember I was like, okay, I need 10 weddings and I need um I need 10 weddings because I only want to work 10 weekends because I have a small child. You just work backwards and figure out how to price based on that. If I can only do 10 weddings, what do I have to charge per wedding? And so, and it takes time to get up to that price, but that can be a big way. So DMs and then um, old school marketing. I'm a big fan of walking into a venue's office with some business cards and some booklets of your work and like old school marketing really, really works. So um, I, I, those are the two things that I'm like really loving right now on a really practical like marketing standpoint. I
1: love that you mentioned the going backwards, right? I talked to so many people about business and they they don't even know what their business is. We just did an episode about tracking your data. Simple thing that you should know your numbers. People don't know their numbers. So when you see a number as 100,000, right? Perhaps seems like too big, but then if you break it down, then you can have a strategy. As you mentioned, I want to make $100,000, but I only want to work 10 weddings. That means that you have to chart. I mean, let's say at $100,000, Grows, so like yeah, the taxes, everything before you know all that, right? Well, that means that each wedding that you're charging is ten thousand dollars. That right now for somebody that is new might seem impossible, right? So you have to continue Mm -hmm. to break this down. If your craft is not at the level to charge ten thousand dollars, and you don't have the network to support that, then you need to keep breaking it down until you find the little steps that you need to do to get to that goal without having that roadmap, it will be impossible because how could you get to a $100,000 if you don't even know how much you need to charge per session or how many sessions you want to make every month or year?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we're afraid to look at the numbers sometimes because we're like, oh, maybe I'll I'll be afraid to get out and do this if I look at the numbers and the numbers Mm -hmm. don't line up with where I want them to be. I mean, I was like you, I didn't look at my podcast numbers for years because I was like, if I see that there's only two people listening, I might give up and I might not record anymore, you know? And so, um, but I do think eventually you have to like, give yourself a big yeah, hug. You have and to. Like, yeah. I'm going to look at these numbers. I'm going to, um, or, you know, I'm going to listen back to my podcast so I can stop saying, um, all the time, you know, like you have to look at the things. Um, and so when you're doing your pricing for weddings, work backwards. You're like, I can't charge 10000 per wedding yet, but maybe I can do 5000 right? It means I need to do mm-hmm. 20 weddings. Or I need to find some add-ons so that the people that are already working with me can add on to make their package bigger. Or maybe I want to have a retainer client. We work through like a four pillar system with our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, retainer clients like meat and potatoes. So maybe there's maybe there's a client that isn't in your niche But you can do headshots for this company every month, and that can be like a way to make money without it watering down the niche that you're trying to build. Then your main stars, which is the main thing you're trying to promote, maybe your weddings or your family photography, the thing that you're known for. And then the add-ons, which, you know, that's another really significant means of income for your business is what can you add on to your existing clients that will enhance the service you're already providing for them those albums and upgrades are beautiful oh my gosh yeah the albums the rehearsal dinner covers you know like you're not Even done after extra coverage
1: on the wedding you know Yeah, one of the things that I always say to people is especially when they're talking about revenue and I take a look at their pricing and they have like all included unlimited hours. First of all, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like basically <laughs> I cannot. Like I'm exhausted. And second of all, you are shooting yourself on the knee because this could be an upgrade for even a bigger collection or for, you know, extra hours. And then I know people is like, "Oh, I just want to give my best to my clients and I don't want to feel like they need to choose how many hours." You can still be the best to your clients but also work for you, right? I would love to fly first class every single time I fly. But guess what? That's why they give me options. Coach, business first. What can I afford and what can I upgrade, right? Friend, this is a short podcast intermission to remind you that every month I am uploading actionable short tutorials about SEO, blogging, content creation, websites, reviews, and much more on my Patreon. Each tutorial has a very specific goal to help you level up an aspect of your business. You can access these tutorials at any time and as many times as you need to. In addition, each month, I am also hosting a live call where you can ask any questions regarding your business or marketing strategies. This is like having a tiny coaching call with me. You can currently access over 50 tutorials for only $10 a month. Join today. I have a direct link on the notes of this episode for you to check it out. Now, back to the episode. I feel like, especially in photography, because we are the face of the building, we are everything, right? We're the person. We feel like pricing is uncomfortable because we want to make sure that everybody gets beautiful photos. But the reality is that you need to understand one, that you're a business, and two, that this is whether you're charging $200 or 20 grand this is a luxury nobody needs photos we can argue this yeah. all day long but the reality is that we need shelter food and water that's really what we yeah. need in life <laughs> nobody needs beautiful photos so this is a luxury expense for either I mean, again either if it's 200 or 20 grand so think about your business like this and yes you want to please people but also you need to have a, a good you know revenue or you know and a good income in your life
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, the reason I love photographers is because it's one of the only groups of, I mean, there's lots of groups of people, but I'm like, photographers are so giving. They're Mm -hmm. so generous. They care so much about their clients. They tend to be very selfless. So, like, I love that heart. And I'm also like, you need a Carolina or a Kristen mama bear on your shoulder, (laughs) being like, hey, you also are valuable photographer friend. Like, you're valuable. And that means, like we want you to have good food on your table and to not be stressed about your mortgage payment and and you have to run um a legit sustainable business with sustainable pricing to make that happen so you can picture either one of us on your shoulders saying I love that don't pay the bills (laughs) (laughs) I just I just listened to your Rihanna podcast and it was like free doesn't pay the bill. I was like yes. No, like,
1: no, 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 no. Don't get me started. I'm going to flip a table. I was so annoyed by everybody, you know, comparing small businesses to Rihanna and being like, she worked for free. She did not, but we're not going to talk about this right now. Oh my gosh. So talking about, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that are super important, right? First of all, we need to go backwards. We need to understand how much our services are priced at. We need to assess if where we are is where we need to be. Because once again. I'm not going to lie to whoever is listening to this and be like, oh, you're worth $1,000 or a million bucks. As a human being, you have endless worth. You are the most amazing thing created. But in photography, the reality is that your work has a value. And as you get better and as you, you know, gain confidence and get knowledge, the value grows, right? I cannot mm-hmm. compare today, Carolina Gusick from baby Carolina from 12 years ago cannot compare how much I was charging then to how much I'm charging today. And it would have been ludicrous to 12 years ago be like, "Uh, yes, Carolina, from the future, give me that price list because I'm worth everything. Uh, No, ma'am, you need to learn. (laughs) So I think it's important to know this. But also, as you mentioned, we don't want to leave money on the table. And I think this is what a lot of people uh, don't see, you know, what the possibilities is. And this is when like, additional ways of revenue you can use in your business. And when we're talking about extra revenues, I'm not talking about like a complete different business. Listen, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I'm talking about within the photography business, how many other things you can do. And as you mentioned, you can do, you can be a wedding photographer and you can have a complete separate business about headshots. I think this is a struggle that a lot of people have to like, no, I am a wedding photographer and that's all I'm going to do.
0: Talk to us a little bit about this. Yeah. I I mean, for a long time when I was building my business, it was me and my son, who was very young. And I was like, mama's gotta pay the bills. You know, like I'm not gonna get really, you know, I'm not gonna be all I have to only do weddings. I do think branding is important, which mm-hmm. is why I like saying the, you know, keep your main stars on one website. Absolutely. If you're gonna be a wedding photographer, niche to that. But like I had referral-based corporate clients in the background for years, and I think a lot of photographers do. Um, We don't always see behind the scenes of a lot of people's businesses, but there's things that a lot of people are doing behind the scenes, and that's awesome. You know, we have these skills. We can be doing other types of photography, doing add-ons for your current clients, prints, albums. Um, But also, honestly, I got scrappy. I can go through all the different things that I've tried as a photographer. Well, let's listen. (laughs) Let's uh, let's hear it. Okay. So in the scrappy season, uh, Kristen Sweeting rented out her house for photo shoots to other photographers on a bay. I had a film scanner I rented out to other uh, photographers who wanted to scan their own film. Um, I did photo shoots. I did like Uh, and you know corporate headshot kind of thing in the background I did weddings I did boudoir I did coaching I did um I had you know I had all these different things and now you know this was a specific season of my life where I was like I don't feel safe I need to bring in money however I can bring Mm -hmm. in money when if you can be more strategic about it and why I like having this conversation of like what do you do after 100k I think like building one revenue stream and getting like giving your focus to it so that it's rolling and then moving to the next thing is really wise if you can do that if like if you're if we're in a season where we need to be scrappy like no shame do what you gotta do you know make that money pay those bills um like I did for sure too I was like I don't know I'll donate blood like <laughs> I'm here for it oh I've done all kinds of things I I, baked I think wedding it's cakes <laughs> it's important to like stop here for a second because I also feel
1: a lot of and I read you know a lot of Facebook groups and I read this often which is like I'm gonna quit my job but I don't have clientele yet but I want to be a wedding photographer and it seems like the only way that you can be a wedding photographer is, is like if you're a full-time wedding photographer absolutely not you can keep your job because safety first right shelter food water we need to Mm -hmm. make sure that those are secure and then you can be a fantastic photographer and be a part-time photographer I have actually have a friend of mine she is fantastic she doesn't want to quit her job she loves her job and she's like I take three weddings a month and that's enough for me and I don't that's it that's all I want to do so you don't have to be a full-time photographer to be a successful photographer
0: No, definitely not. No, I mean, I I had a full-time job when I built my photography business. I ended up taking on part-time jobs at different parts of the journey just as Mm -hmm. like a little extra boost or whatever. So I do think we, you know, we put so much pressure on this being a full-time photographer thing. And at least for me, I know not everyone works this way. When I feel a ton of pressure, I'm not my best. And I'm not usually bringing in the most money because Pressure, like you said, like at least for me, it squeezes off all the energy of what wants to flow in. Um. So yeah, and I and you mentioned kind of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, meet those safety and security needs first, so that you can move into the more creative, self-actualized places as you go up that pyramid. Um. But yeah, I mean, in scrappy seasons, there are so many different ways of making money, and when I look back on that season. I'm like, what let my photography business keep growing is that I had the pressure dispersed onto like 10 different revenue streams. So I wasn't like putting so much pressure on every wedding inquiry that came in. I'd be like, I'm, I was raising prices, doing things like that. And you know, it's so easy to be convinced to do it for less when you're Mm -hmm. needing money. But if you kind of have some of that, like you have some safety and security in other places that can really, really help. So let's um, say oh yeah, Continue, no, go sorry. ahead.
1: So let's say that uh, you know I sometimes I like like clear examples because I know like I'm very visual. So let's say we you know we we pass this crappy season. We give plenty of examples of things that you can do. We finally get some momentum. As you mentioned, we made it to the hill. Now the ball can roll down a little bit easy. I reached my hundred thousand dollars where do I focus my energy now? What do I do? Because as you mentioned, perhaps I want to explore other things and I'm going to use myself an example. So I feel like my photography business for weddings is a well-oiled machine, right? It's good. I got it. I got my systems down. I have momentum. And now I want to focus on my podcast. So what, you know, like what some of the things that, that somebody that is listening that has, you know, similar things can do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a good place to start is being dreaming about some lifestyle goals first Mm -hmm. of being like, okay, what do I want my goals to be now? What is that? Not that we're always chasing the next financial level, but like maybe it's working less, less hours a day, or maybe it's um, taking a month off to go on a vacation with your family, like set some of the lifestyle goals first and then, um, and then, yeah, I think there's there's options, which is beautiful. A lot of us want to try something new because I think a lot of creatives are multi-passionate and mm-hmm. we're like, all right, my photography is a well-oiled machine. Podcasting sounds fun or coaching sounds fun or trying a retreat would sound fun. So it's kind of like give yourself the, um, the freedom to explore something new or, again, going back to like what sounds fun, what do I kind of get jealous of other people if they d- are doing – Um, Or the other option would be niching down even more and being like, I want to charge even more for my work and become even better and really hyper-focus on this one thing. Um, And I think that that is really cool too. And when you have some of that like freedom and flexibility, then you can take some of those um, intentional risks. So there's niching down, raising prices, building a team and kind of like expanding mm-hmm. um, trying something new like a podcast or coaching or a retreat um, expanding your visibility and capacity by like managing team members being more the CEO and then maybe creating something scalable. so I kind of like to look at it as options of if you create something scalable like a course or a workshop or training or or um, a podcast, or leaning into a social media asset, like mm-hmm. I'm going to build my Instagram so that that's something I can monetize down the road. Um, I think those are good next steps because those things take a long time to build. Mm. You know, it takes a long time to monetize a podcast. It takes yep. a long time to monetize Instagram. But if you're like, all right, my photography business, it is like like clockwork. I'm getting those referrals. It would be fun to focus my visionary energy on this other, this other project.
1: What would you suggest or what, how do you advise somebody that feels like this sounds really fun, but once again, we go back to the, I'm afraid that if I let go of this for a little bit, that it's going to crash down.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think just like slowly doing the thing and trusting yourself. I obviously, you don't want to totally neglect the thing that you built, but, Mm -hmm. um, I've been barely marketing my photography business for maybe eight years and it still brings in clients. I think you kind of have to trust the momentum that you've built. And if you know you can deliver a quality service and retain quality connections, those two things alone can sustain a photography business once you've built the momentum. And that's what I think like, like when I see people being really frantic about their marketing or about this or that. I'm like, once you get your photography business to a place where it's rolling, you just need to keep doing a good job for your clients and keep doing a good job with your relationships because all you need is 10 referrals a year to keep that momentum rolling, to keep that business in a good place, unless you're trying to scale it and grow it. So I think it's just like keeping those two things really central. And as long as you're doing those, then like give yourself the freedom to try this other thing. Sounds good. You're also a coach. Uh,
1: you have coached many photographers. Why do you think coaching, especially after you hit a hundred thousand, is so important? Because it seems again going back to like we made it. Like, what else do we need after this? What do you think having a coach actually at that point is could be fundamental for extra growth?
0: Yeah. I think it's it's lonely as you grow, <laughs> you know? Like I think part of it is, you know, it's like harder to find a coach and a mentor as you're growing. I think it's hard to, um, to hold the new, the new challenges that come at different levels. And so I think, um, you know, having a coach or a mentor who can see what you are really good at and help you use your energy in the most, you know, most efficient way is really powerful. You know, like at this level you can hire a coach to help you build a podcast you can hire a coach to help you build your online course i mean i will say anyone who's like thinking about doing an online course please don't do this alone you will waste so much time and money if you do it alone <laughs> like it is not easy to sell an online course or a coaching program so like please don't do that alone just like i'm warning you you know so i think like it's just we have the ability to bring people around us to help us be the best version of ourselves and um, and to skip a lot of the skip a lot of the painful things that come along with learning from our mistakes, you know.
1: Yeah, that, because that could be really costly, right? You can be like, "No, I'm gonna figure this out." Which we all have the potential to figure things out, right? We're not shooting a freaking shot to the moon here, so yeah. we all can figure this out. <laughs> but as you mentioned, it's the time and energy that figuring out is going to you know, to, to bring into our lives. Because once again, even at that point, you can also be like, I give up. This is too hard, too difficult. So it seems like the, the, the problems are the same. They just have like a different perspective as soon as you reach certain, you know, financial goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's, there's new challenges too. And a lot of people don't want to talk about the challenges that happen. And if you have a coach that's been there before, they can give you a heads up. Like when we're working with people, I'm like, hey, heads up. You're probably not going to instantly have a six-figure launch of your online course, you know, like, or hey, heads up. You're probably going to feel uncomfortable when you hit this amount of revenue. And like, let's prepare for it. So I think like there are so many things, I, you know, motherhood was the same way. I wish someone had told me how freaking hard breastfeeding might be, you know, like it would have saved me a lot of pain. It's just to know, to have a heads up about that. And that's how I feel like growing to different levels of your businesses too. Someone can be like, hey, just because, again,
1: what we're we're seeing from people is a very curated success story, right? They're not showing us even, you know, the heartache, the crying that happens in private, the frustration. (laughs) And sometimes I wish, even myself, I'm like, again, when you see anything about, my life I'm you know I'm showing you the best maybe I need to do a podcast about the worst you know (laughs) because it has you know it's I'm a human just like everybody else right I have had all kinds of different experiences and obviously in this business that I am there has been some times that have been really challenging
0: totally totally and I just think it's such a I think of it as a gift to myself when I hire a coach or when I have a mentor or someone with me I'm like or when I, you know, do therapy, I'm like, this is a gift to myself because I carry a lot. I put a lot of pressure on myself to do a lot of things. And I'm going to gift that support to myself because, you know, I I deserve it. We all deserve it if we can have it, you know. We're not supposed to talk about
1: this. Or I wasn't like, I, you know, I didn't prep for this, but you mentioned it. And now I want to know because at the same time, there is so many not great coaches out there how could yeah. we also maybe avoid you know coming across or spending our money in a program or something that wasn't the best for us
0: yeah yeah i mean it's a great question i think knowing what we knowing what we're looking for knowing how we like to work with someone um i when i'm I have a hard time finding a coach and hiring a coach. I just wrote down in my, you know, we're talking about manifestation. I just wrote down in my journal. I was like, I want a coach that works with someone the way that I work with people, which is like very intentional and like one-on-one, you know, and like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm like, I just, a lot of people don't do that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to look for someone that does that. Because it is easy to see someone that has a really glitzy thing. Um, I almost jumped into like a, a big group program. I was like, I don't know that she would be the, the, like, as accessible as I want someone. Um, And that's okay. That's the way she runs her business. So I think just, like, knowing ourselves, trusting ourselves, asking questions. I think if someone has a podcast, it's a great way to figure out what that person's about is to Mm -hmm. listen through a bunch of things and do your own research. Um, I've had people in my masterminds talk with someone else that's done it before, which is totally fine, too, you know? Mm -hmm. So but I think the biggest thing is knowing ourselves and trusting ourselves and knowing what, um, what kind of support is most helpful. Like I've tried the life coaches, I've tried the group programs, I've tried the online courses and I like, I'm, I'm kind of hard to work with. I want someone that's (laughs) going to be a little bit more like, you know, text friendly and accessible. And so I just, I know at this point what is helpful for me. And so just being, being clear about that up front, I think is huge. It's interesting because I
1: also like, like a little bit of handheld when I hire somebody yeah. like, you know, I want to be seen past yeah. the, the, you're my client thing. <laughs> even yeah. though I don't want to be, even though, which is funny because I don't want to become friends with you either. But you know, it's my husband
0: is like, it's yeah. impossible. Like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know, but I'll find it. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I don't know. This is what I value in photography is, I love seeing people and I love showing someone that I can really see them for who they are. And that's that's the part that I love about coaching. And honestly, I I had a group program that was too big where I wasn't able to do this. And I was like, I don't like this because I want to feel like I see everyone's business where I um, I know what their unique gifts and skills are and I can help them bring that out in themselves. And that's what I want in a coach too, that someone can be like, Kristen, you're really good at this one thing. Like, why aren't you leaning into that more? I need someone to call me out on my things and point out stuff that I'm not seeing, you know? Absolutely. And that's great what you mentioned, right? Even if once we get to the
1: point of success that we, you know, that we dreamt of or something, there is always going to be blind spots. And it's always great to have somebody that is going to, you know, point it out. So like we can, you know, correct or lean into that or what have you.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I could look at someone else's website and be, here's all the things you need to do. I almost need to look at my own website with the eyes of an outsider so I can audit my own, you know, we we all have blind spots.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we mentioned, I mean, this podcast ended up being a little bit more about mindset, but I love, because I do believe that you can have, as I mentioned, you can have the best marketing strategy, but the mindset has to align with the strategy for this to be successful. So, what would be one marketing tip that you share with us? Even though you have shared so many, but what would be like your go-to?
0: Mm, my go-to, my go-to is pick a pick a channel and pour a lot of energy into it. Okay. Mine is Instagram. I think a lot of my people are on Instagram. Um. I think it's easy to get too spread out and be like, oh, I'm supposed to do TikTok. I'm supposed to do this. Mm. I'm supposed to do that and just kind of get everything really diluted. I think pick one and then challenge yourself to show up on it at like very regularly. Show up and have conversations, engage with people, make it about more than just posting a pretty photo. Um, Photography is really powerful. And I think a lot of people don't harness that enough of the life-changing effect that working with someone through art can do for someone. So like lean into the things you're really passionate about, um, ask people about themselves, start conversations, be a community leader. There's, um, There's so much potential to work with clients on an even deeper level through our marketing.
1: I love that. It's so good. Love it. And I think that we overlook that sometimes we think that marketing is so superficial when it could you know we can just lean in and really make it very meaningful. So thank you for sharing that. So yeah. Kristen, what are you currently loving? Aprendiendo
0: espanol <laughs> Um I am loving I'm loving hot girl walks. I go on a walk every morning. Which is a TikTok trend. Yes, it is, <laughs> but it also works. <laughs> and by the way, I don't have TikTok. And
1: the only reason why I know about this is because I watch Vanderpump Rules and they were talking about oh, it. that's amazing.
0: That's amazing.
1: So tell yeah, us what is I'm, hot walk, uh, whatever the name hot is. Hot girl walk. Hot girl walk. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I get up in the morning and I literally just walk for like a mile. I started this I started before it was trending. Okay. Obviously, I'm obviously not the like starter of this, but I lived in a house that was a mile from a downtown square when I was single parenting. And one of the things that I did every morning was walk with my son to this coffee shop and we got coffee and we saw all the small town neighborhood people and we just had a cute little morning like Gilmore girls. And then we walked home and I was the happiest I had ever been. And I'm like, did. Did a walk just totally change my life? Yes, it did. And so now I also do that. We also live now in a different town, but near kind of a square. And so I'll walk down there. Sometimes I'll get coffee. Sometimes I won't. I'll come back. I try to batch it with like listening to a podcast. And all my best content ideas, all my best marketing ideas, everything I've ever written on Instagram comes right after a hot girl walk. Mm -hmm. Because I think your body gets your brain moving, the different hemispheres of your brain – you start processing things that are going on and it sparks creativity. So, um, you know, anytime I get into a spiral, which I'm sure I'm not the only one listening that gets into like the mindset spiral where I'm like, and everything's horrible and like everyone hates me, go on a walk. I swear it's the only thing that's going to fix it.
1: <laughs> I love it. Yes. I, I second that.
0: So yes, I'm loving hot girl walks and I'm loving, I got my sourdough starter back out and I'm baking sourdough on the regular. And that is also making me really happy. So oh, those are my two that. things. <laughs> love it. Well, I'm super
1: happy that we were able to connect. If people want to follow you, they want to find out more about you, your classes, your coaching, all that, where could they find you?
0: Yeah, I'm on Instagram a lot at Kristen Sweeting. That's kind of the main one. All mm-hmm. the other ones come off of that. And then I'd love for you to listen to the Dangerous Creatives podcast. I think if you like Carolina's podcast, you'll love our podcast. and. Um, yeah we just love to connect with you either place
1: absolutely i'll make sure to add the links to all these places in the notes of this episode Kristen, thank you so much for being a friend of the talk republic it was a pleasure to keep talking to you muchas gracias and i'll hope Thanks. i'll get to talk to you very soon you too thank you so much all right, guys for all of you that listen all the way to the end thank you so much remember to leave a review or five stars on spotify And I'll catch you next week with another amazing guest. Until then, ciao.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for the Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week we we'll